And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. You are listening to the Patriot Pastors Podcast, where we talk about today's issues from a pastor's perspective, as well as calling America back to the faith of our fathers. Without God, democracy will not and cannot long endure. We ever forget that we're one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. Here's your host, Wade Lentz and Harold Smith. Welcome to the Patriot Pastor Podcast. My name's Harold Smith, and I'm joined today, as always, by my good friend, Wade Lentz. Wade, how you doing? Man, Harold, I'm doing good, but uh, wow, you... You sound different on this podcast. You sound like a uh, professional radio DJ. Your quality of sound is a lot better. And I'm noticing a uh, new microphone. You have headphones. So what's what's going on here? Well, God can give you a voice where you can sing bass, or you can just pull your wallet out and buy all the stuff to make you sound better. <laughs> and so well, I- it, it sounds better. I will say that. <laughs> I've been operating on a $30 microphone and a cardboard box with foam rubber around it, trying to cut down on echo and I have to sit real close to it. And it's just, it's a joke. I mean, it never sounded good, no matter how hard I tried. So I just went ahead and bought, uh, I bought some better equipment and uh, I felt like that, uh, do you remember that, that game show? You are the weakest link. Goodbye. And they would like, you'd get kicked off. Uh-huh. I felt like when I'd listened to our podcast, I was like, man, I'm the weakest link. You know, <laughs> Wade sounds like he's on the radio and I, I sound like I'm being smuggled into a third world country. So, uh, yeah, I just finally broke down and, and hit the bullet. I bought a road podcaster pro studio, and then I got a mic and a stand and headphones. And so if I really am not a good podcaster, at least I'll look like one on TV. There you go. That's kind of like me with golf. I, I'm not a good golfer, but I got the nice clubs and the nice bag. I look like a good golfer. So have you been getting all the rain that we've been getting here? Yes. It, yeah. We got like, um, I want to say three and a half inches last week. And I think in the last three days, we're at another three and a half. And it's yeah. supposed to rain all day into tonight. And I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the two-week total's not somewhere around 14 inches. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, you can't plant crazy. a garden. You can't plant a garden when it's when it rains three, four days a week to this level. No, uh-uh, no. Now you you do the raised beds, so you've got that all. I do both. Yeah, the raised beds are okay. They're all planted. I could plant them on a muddy day, you know, because mm-hmm. you don't have to get out in them and till them up. Right. But the problem you have with a, a traditional garden is you've got to break that, that soil on the top so that you, you kill those weeds and break those root systems up. And when you try to turn that over to prep the bed to plant, it's too muddy to run through there. And then you have to walk in it. Well, it's all been plowed. It's wet. You sink to your knees. Mm-hmm. There's just really no way of doing that. And um, so anyways, 
I've got some, but I've got plants that need to be in an in-ground traditional garden and man, they're just growing and growing and growing in, in their trays. And I don't know what we'll do with them. Right. Right. What are we talking about today? We're going to talk about being distracted. And, and I really, I honestly believe this. I can't find a Bible verse for it, but I really think that Satan has a plan of distracting us, keeping us you know, preoccupied with things that really don't matter. And yes. the thing that got me onto this is my wife and I were eating at a Mexican restaurant the other night and we walked in and there were eight TVs in the building that I could see from where I was sitting. You know, I have to turn around and look at four and I could look to the front and see four other TVs. Mm-hmm. One of them was playing a cartoon. One of them was playing um, like cage fighting. One of them was horse races. One of them was a movie. And my wife and I were wanting to talk, but there was this loud, you know, fiesta type music playing. <laughs> and so we were like, huh? Yeah. What? You know, yeah, I had yeah. to shout. And I was like, it's almost like you're in a bar. I mean, the music's so loud, you can't hear each other. And um, it wasn't that loud, but I mean, it, it, it made conversation difficult. Sure. And then I kept looking around and I would find myself looking at the fights going, man, that guy's about to get knocked out, you know? And, and I would be like, Oh, one more punch. He's going down. And <laughs> I couldn't look away. Yeah. And then I look over at my wife and I'm like, I need to pay attention to my wife. You know, we, and I'd look over at her and she would say, have you ever seen them race with these chariots? I mean, I've seen horse races, but they got these little buggies <laughs> right. she's absorbed in the horse races behind me. Uh-huh. And so we would try to talk and I would notice her just kind of glancing up like, you know, they're coming around the backstretch, you know, she's constantly glancing up. And then I would constantly glance up when I would see somebody get rocked in a fight. And I was like, man, I'm constantly distracted. She's constantly distracted. This young family comes in beside us. They've got two little kids. They sat down, mom and dad each take their phone out. And I'm going, they're going to sit here and look at their phone. No, they gave it to each kid. Mm. And each kid sat over there and played a game or watched a cartoon or whatever on mom and dad's phone. Wow. And then the kids discovered there was a cartoon on TV. So they put the phones down. So mom and dad were constantly checking their phone. And I'm mm. like, if, if this is how we're raising our kids today, what are we teaching them? Yeah. I can remember having to turn the TV off and come to the dinner table and sit down and eat. And we didn't do that all the time, but most nights it was come in from playing, put your toys up turn the TV off, put your video game away, whatever it was we were doing. Sure. And we sat down at the table and we ate and we talked and mom and dad talked and we talked and I just don't see that kind of family unit anymore. No, no. Seeing the same thing. Oh, absolutely. Change, changing world. Um, I mean, it is uh, children younger and younger are getting phones, tablets. Um, you know, you and I growing up in the 70s and 80s, we didn't know what a tablet was we except for stone tablets right yeah right at least what that's what my kids think but uh we didn't understand we didn't have those things today they're so accessible and children younger and younger are being exposed to it and i mean i i can't help but think that it, it is affecting their attention span um even adults like myself um constantly bombarded by phones notifications social media uh, that it's getting harder and harder for me to concentrate on the things that I need to concentrate on. And this is not just my assessment. Um, former uh, Google CEO, Mike uh, Eric Schmidt, uh, said this. He said, I worry that the level of interrupt 
the sort of overwhelming rapidity of information is in fact affecting cognition. It is affecting deeper thinking. And here's a guy that's, you know, a millionaire in, you know, technology. He's saying this, he's, he's noticing this and I believe he's, he's spot on. Yeah, I, I agree. I think what it's doing is it's, it's taking the ability to have deep thought and taking the ability to listen to long lines of reason and logic. It's taking that out of the equation because people, they're so used to flashing lights, flashing lights. Hey, look, mm-hmm. hey, look, hey, look, hey, look. And then we say, no, no, sit down in church and listen to one man deliver a lecture preaching. You might call it a lecture. Listen to one man preach on God's word for 45 minutes. Yeah. And people are like, it's too long. It's too long. I can't do it. And I'm like, right. well, you know, and the old preacher says, you can listen to the ball game for two hours. Mm-hmm. Well, there's cheerleaders, there's flashing lights, a cannon goes off when you score a touchdown, the sure. fans cheer, you know, you have halftime where guys come in in suits and ties and talk real smart for a little bit. Then you get all these little clips and replays of people getting hit mm-hmm. and, and great catches. You may watch a two hour, a two hour game but you're constantly being broken up with all of these clips and replays and commercials. And we're getting into that system where how would a church function if the entire society is trained to be constantly bombarded with distractions? And oh yeah, I think one of the problems too is the news media today. When you and I were kids, you know, you talked about growing up seventies and eighties, the news came on at six o'clock and that was it. If you miss the six o'clock news, you had to read the paper the next day. Mm-hmm. Now we go into restaurants or we go into a gas station or for crying out loud, when I turn the gas pump on, some lady starts talking to me, telling me what's going on in the world. Sure. I'm like, just a tank of gas. If I want to see the news, I'll go turn the TV on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you were true. growing up, how many TVs were in your home, Wade? We had one. We had one too. <clears throat> Weighed about 500 pounds. (laughs) Set in the living room. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Now, how many TVs do we have in our homes? Oh, my. There's Or computer screens. Yeah, three or four now. Or tablets. Because we have to have that information. Right. That's the problem. And I think that's the lie the devil has sold to us. And I, I, I really, I believe this with all my heart. I believe that we think we have to constantly be receiving data Mm -hmm. to the point that People are on Twitter and they're just constantly updating us on every little aspect of every little news excerpt. Yes. Yes. And, and, and you and I both know, and we've been guilty of doing it ourselves where we think, man, I've got to see what's happening. I've got to see what they said to this person, to that person, based upon the testimony of this person. And in at the, you know, two months from now, does any of that matter? Mm, right. Yeah, we're living in the age of information overload. Yeah. We know in, in in our generation, we know more than our grandparents ever knew. Yeah. Uh, but we're not wiser because of it. That's a good observation. Uh, we we are not better off because of the information we know. And and uh, you know, used to we used to have to go to encyclopedia to to look up something. Now we just Google it, right? Right. And, uh, and so, yeah, we know a lot more of things, but, uh, sadly, a lot of the things that we have learned as of late are not things worth knowing and not really beneficial. And this distraction 
uh, is it's the signs of the times. It's it's the world in which we live in. But for the Christian, you have got to uh, set boundaries. Um, you have to put parameters in place, or you will be and a and a, a slave to uh, technology. Yeah. Instead of allowing technology to to be utilized to be your help, you're a slave to it. And um, you think about what it takes to meditate upon God's word. Be still, and know that I am God. Yes. Is, how could you do that today? Exactly. It is it is difficult, and the devil knows this. He knows that, as uh, Psalm one three says, uh, speaking about the the righteous man, and in his law. He, uh, how's it go? Um, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And it goes on to say, and in his law, in God's law, he meditates both day and night. Yeah. In other words, you're, you're chewing on, you, you are, uh, absorbing as much as you can upon the scriptures that you have read. Where do you see that today in this distracted world? You, you really don't. And so I think that's one of the keys that Satan is using to keep us from meditating upon God's word. But but brother Wade, I get a daily Bible verse texted to me and I get a daily <laughs> devotional emailed to me and I have the Bible on my phone. I, yeah. I've got more Bible now than my grandparents did. And here's the problem with that. When you start substituting your phone for the Bible, and I know I'm going to sound like an old geezer and, and but I don't care. I, I'm mm. right about this. Yeah. When you go into a church, you need to carry a paperback Bible and leave your phone in the car. Yeah. But somebody may need to get a hold of me. You're going to be in there for an hour and a half. Yeah. You don't need anybody getting a hold of you. Right. But but I've got the Bible on my phone. Listen, my paper Bible has never notified me that I got a text message. Mm-hmm. It's never given me a fa- Facebook notification. I, I just get so tickled when we're in church. And it's not funny, but it is funny. It's not funny because we're getting notified. But when an Amber alert goes off, the whole church erupts in this, you know, loud notification ringtone that nobody can turn off even when their phone's on silent because Mm -hmm. it's an Amber alert. Yeah, right. Or or when a storm warning goes off. Well, brother, we need (laughs) the storm warning. Yes. Was it not cloudy and raining when you walked in this building? Right, right. What are we going to do in here if it does come a storm? We're either going to get blown away or live. Right. The, the idea that we, well, something might happen. I'm like, and if it does, what's a 20-minute quicker response going to do? Do they need you to administer CPR? I mean, call mm-hmm. an ambulance. What can you possibly do? Sure, sure. I, I think we've just been pre-programmed to think we have to we can't go anywhere without the phone. We'll just put it on silent and that way if it's important. And then if we use it for our, our, uh, our Bible, then, oh man, I didn't realize that the Supreme court got leaked. You know, now, oh man, I, <laughs> yeah. what's I preaching about anyway? Oh, I, I got to get on Twitter and update this. <laughs> yeah. There's 9 million yeah. people on Twitter already updated on it. We don't need yours. Get back sure. to the worship service. I mean, I, I yeah. want to say that oh, out yeah. loud, you know? Yes. You know, I've, I've got three, uh, hero uh, scholars behind me, uh, Spurgeon on top, and then Edwards, and then Calvin. What would they say to, to modern-day worship services if, if the they heard the phone go off, you know, in the, I think in the middle of the sermon? think it would be a discipline issue. I think <laughs> they would literally, like, they would say, this brother needs to be removed from the service and the church until he repents of his. Yeah. Uh, I mean, 
<laughs> well, the, these are things that those three never had to deal with as a pastor for sure. And uh, there's always been distractions, right? There's always been uh, in, in every age uh, distractions, whether it's the home and in, in the business and the world um, as far as politics or government is concerned. But today it is it is much more uh, hands on than than ever before. And uh, it's it is becoming a, a huge it is a huge issue. But again, it is incumbent upon Christians to set parameters. When when is the I think it's a great idea that you that you have that I've really never thought of it. Leave your phone in the car. Um, turn it off if you're going to bring it in. Turn it off. Put it in your if if the wife is with you. Put it in her uh, purse. Do something. Uh, can the church be a place of worship where we just leave the things of the world behind and focus solely upon the Lord? And I know uh, I, I have folks in our church that use a tablet uh, to uh, to read scriptures and so forth, but they turn it off on uh, I think airplane mode or something like that, to where the only thing that comes up is just that. Yeah. And, uh, but you know, I'm not, I'm not a, a technology person. So I'm, I'm, I'm like you give me, you know, words on, on paper, but, uh, well, I, 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 I bought a pocket watch so that I, cause I don't, I hate wearing a watch and I know you like wearing yours, but you're also getting internet updates on your watch. It's oh, yeah. telling you that you've got a notification. Yeah. Storm coming, storm yeah. coming. Yeah. And so, if I'm wearing a watch while I'm preaching, I'm constantly looking at it. So I thought, you know what I'll get? I'll get a pocket watch and I'll just set it on the edge of the pulpit and I'll open it up. And every once in a while, I'll glance and just make sure I'm I'm tracking to finish it roughly the right time. Yeah. And I'm not getting on some rabbit trail and chasing some, you know, rabbit. But anyways, my pocket watch quit keeping time. Every Sunday, it was about 10 minutes behind. Mm. And I thought, man, I can't trust this thing. Is it going to quit? I mean, it's just a Walmart you know, $9 pocket watch. So I started carrying my phone again because I knew the time was right on it. And so that phone one times, I, I bet it was somebody wanting car warranty information, but I was preaching and it was on silent, but it was going. <laughs> and so I got it laying here on the pulpit. Nobody can hear it, yeah. but I can feel it in my hands, you know, cause my hands on the pulpit. And when it happened, I looked down, I was like, the world, is that you Lord? You know, you kind of, <laughs> I look down there and my phone is vibrating and there's somebody calling me and mm. it, it was a minor distraction. I bet the people that was listening to the sermon probably had no idea. They probably just thought I was looking at my notes, Yeah, but I thought this shouldn't be, I've, I've got to go spend money on a better pocket watch, you know, yeah. one that keeps time and, right, and, or, right. or get a regular watch or something, because if I'm using my phone as my only clock, then I'm subject to during a sermon, somebody could send me a text. This happens at Bible conference mm -hmm. where, where you get a bunch of preachers in a room and one of their buddies is up there preaching and he says some accidentally says something stupid. Then yeah. your phone's going to go and you're going to look down and it's going to be a guy <laughs> three rows behind you. And he's going to be quoting that. Ha, yeah. ha, ha, and you're going to look at it and go, ha, ha, ha. Yeah. Right. It is right. funny, And it, it is what preachers do. But it's a distraction. That's what we're talking about. And sure. it, that becomes more and more acceptable. The next generation will be texting each other all through the sermon. Yes. Yes. I got in trouble for passing notes as a kid in church. Mm -hmm. But now as an adult, I'm passing them on our phones and it's yeah. okay. Right. Right. Yeah. I, you know, it, 
it, it affects the way this distraction, especially technology, affects the way that the family communicates to where there's almost no communication anymore with the family. That's sad. Um, now, we, we have a no policy when we eat supper at the table. There's no devices. Um, and if we didn't set that, then my goodness, yes, our, our children would have, you know, devices in front of them watching some movie while we eat. And what, what good is that? And so there, I, I would recommend if you're, if you have a family, um, to have no technology at the table when you're having a family meal. Um, it's not, you know, it's not the end of the world. They may think it's the end of, end, end of the world, but it's, it's really not. And you're, uh, communicating as a family. Let me ask you this. It's just 30 minutes out of the day, Wade. It's not like you've said no, no, no electronics for the day. Sure. Just 30 minutes of just us talking. Right. Need that. Parents need that. I mean, we need that interaction. Yes. Yes. Let me ask you this. What, what are some things that, and you've already mentioned some things already, but how about a church? What are some things that, that, uh, they can do? to ease the distraction um, that is bombarding people today, those who listen to sermons and so forth. Um, what can a church do to keep people from getting distracted during the message? Yeah, or, I mean, you, you mentioned, you know, keeping the the phone, turning yeah, it off. Leave, leave your phone. I, I, as a pastor, I leave my phone in the office. Mm-hmm. And you'll be surprised if you leave your phone in your office, how many Sundays you'll walk in your office after the service and somebody's texted you, somebody's called you, and you would have got that notification either during the singing or the preaching or the handshaking or whatever. Mm-hmm. So leave your phone out of the worship service. You know, you can go without it. I'll guarantee you in the Old Testament, it wouldn't have been allowed past the middle wall of partition. The middle <laughs> yeah. wall of separation would be right. a no phone zone. Um, leave that out of there. Uh, I understand getting the Bible on tablet. My wife does that. She takes notes a lot of times on her tablet. Mm-hmm. And so she can just link the Bible up, but she will also turn her internet off. Just like you said, Yeah, so she's not getting notifications or text messages or emails. She's just using it as a tool. Uh, I recommend that as well. Um, I really think that parents ought not allow their children to play electronics during church mm-hmm. because you're never going to be able to pry it out of their hands at once you start it. Right. So I right. believe that you keep kids occupied. But you need to keep it on age appropriate. You know, mm-hmm. give them a coloring sheet. That's what Lee Creek did where I'm at in West Park. That's what they're trans uh, transitioning to. They had a children's church, but the parents thought their kids needed to be in the service. I wholeheartedly agreed. So they said, let's just make some coloring books up, you know, some three ring binders. We'll slip sheets in there and we'll let the kids color. Well, the thing about coloring is you outgrow coloring. Yeah, you know, about the third right. or fourth grade, uh, uh, colored kids, you know, that's stupid. <laughs> right. You need something. If you give your kids a video game, a Game Boy, or you give them a, a cell phone and say, here, play, I don't know what, I don't know what they play, Donkey Kong mm-hmm. or play Mario Kart. It, it, then these kids are out there leaning in the service because they're making those turns with Mario Kart. <laughs> And everybody's like, <laughs> what's wrong with that kid? I was like, he's probably demon possessed because that ain't yeah, right. Here. That's funny. I I think as parents, you need to train your children to sit through a church service. I think as a church, you need to have services where all of the kids are expected to be in there. I'm not against the youth group. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think Jesus was in a youth group because his mom and dad left and he was, wasn't even there. And they assumed he was with all the other kids. Right. Okay. Right. So, so these family integrated people, I think they're too far out for me. Mm-hmm. I, I think they're trying to make a case the Bible don't make, but at the right. same time, I think there's some wisdom in saying, you can't just put all the kids in a room and say, y'all go have fun. We're going to have church. So there's sure. a balance in there. Yeah. I think if you're going to limit electronics at the table, outlaw them in the service. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And I, while you were talking, I was thinking about how many churches today um, have children's church and then even have youth church during morning worship where in children's church and in youth church, my soul there is no meditation at all as far as listening to the word without something, uh, you know, lights and sure. videos, all and this loud music and smoke. Yeah, yeah. Here's what's happened. The church that's doing this has conceded, Hey, the world's winning. We're going to take the world's techniques and we're going to incorporate them in the church. Yes. What the church should be doing is sitting down with mom and dad and saying, mom and dad, this is what the world does. This is what your kid gets seven days a week. Mm-hmm. We want you to encourage your kids to come set through a church service. Now, listen, this will cost you a few people in the church. We've had families leave Lee Creek and go, you don't have anything for our kids. And I'd hold up a Bible. and I'd say, we got this. Mm-hmm. This is all you need. This is all they need. They right. need to learn this. Well, our kids don't like it here. Well, what they're, what they're telling me, is that their kids control their home. Mm-hmm. Their kids decide where they go to church. And look, I can't compete with somebody whose teenage son carries more weight than their pastor. So just go wherever you want to go. Yes. But yes. Pastors have to resolve that, hey, look, this is what's important. Our kids can go in the youth group on Wednesday night. They can have a study about issues that face kids. But on Sunday mornings, we're going to train our kids. This is what church looks like. This is what the worship of the Lord looks like. And so when they grow up and they get out of youth group, they're not like uh, this. I'm not used to this. You know, it, it, it's mm-hmm. not a shocker. They stay in church. What I see is kids growing up in, in, a, in a wild youth group end up in a wild church because they've never yeah. been in a real one. Absolutely. Yeah, that's so true. And, you know, even in, in, a, in adult situations, adult worship, uh, how, how many pastors do you know? Um, not personally, probably, but you have heard of churches and pastors where they play videos in the middle of a sermon, yeah. uh, whether it's from, from a blockbuster movie or whatever the case is, uh, you know, my goodness, what a distraction that is from God's word. And uh, of course their, their rebuttal to that would be, no, we're, we're, you know, trying to, uh, use this as, as an example, as a building block to the word of God, but you're just getting their minds on some other thing and getting getting their minds off of God's word. And uh, our God never used bait and switch to win anybody. Right. Right. And you don't dangle a carrot out there. And when they come for it, then give them something else. Sure. Um, and so what I see is same, same, same scenario. They'll show finding Nemo on Saturday night. And then on Sunday, have an encouraging message on finding Nemo. Man, you can't build a sermon on a, on a Hollywood movie, Disney yeah. movie of, of for crying out loud. Do you not know right. where this stuff's coming from? That's crazy. Uh, it's crazy. But yeah. what they're doing is they're, they know people know finding Nemo. Mm-hmm. And now, they it's, now that, it's finding Jonah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Where's it's, Jonah? Anyhow, <laughs> that's what you run into with these people. And sure, sure. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know the solution to it. I just, I think you and I today have done a really good job of just pointing out 
and, and maybe not that, not that we've told anybody anything new, but maybe we've reminded people or caused them to think, man, I really am getting too addicted to my phone, too addicted to the news, too addicted to Twitter or, mm-hmm. or Facebook or whatever it is. We've got to realize that these things are distractions for what we should be doing. Yes. So I really hope and pray that through this podcast, you know, somebody would be convicted about it and say, you know, those guys are right. I'm I'm going to, I'm going to, like you've been saying, I'm going to put some parameters up, some boundaries up and say this, we're not going to have phones here. Mm-hmm. We're not going to, we're not going to have family time together where we're all on our phones. Right. Um, right. That kind of boundary will, will help your family. It'll help your kids. It'll help your church. So yeah. You got any last thoughts, Wade, before we wrap it up? I don't. Let me check my phone real quick. Oh, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I think it's a good, good uh, episode and something that's really convicting to me. And because it's so easy to get wrapped up in into the distractions and you lose your focus on on things that really matter, like family and and, uh, you know, having the quiet time with the Lord without having your mind going in a hundred different directions. So I, I do pray that this has been a help and a blessing to all those who listen. And until next time, thank you for listening to the Patriot Pastors podcast.